Okay, I have a little short sermonette. <laughs> the title is, When the Devil Uses the Truth. Or When the Devil Uses the Truth Against You. Now, Teresa reminded me coming up here, she asked what was my title, what was I talking about? And I said, well, when the devil uses the truth. And she said, well, you mean, you mean like at uh, Adam and Eve at the beginning? And I thought, well, you know, I left that one out. I, I forgot all about that one. That when, uh, you know, the statement, you shall not surely die. And I imagine that Adam and Eve, you know, they, 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 they ate the fruit, the forbidden fruit or whatever it was. And they probably thought, well, I'll be. God, li God lied to me. God lied to us. And we're not dead. And, uh, of course, it's a, it's, a, it's a timing issue. You know, they would die, but they just wouldn't die right then. And uh, so, when the devil uses the truth against us. Now, it's a conundrum. Because how could I say, well, what do you mean the truth? Because in John 8 and verse 44, Jesus said, you are of your father the devil, and the lust of the father you will do, of your father you will do, speaking of the devil. He was a murderer, speaking of the devil, from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. Notice that. There is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own. He is a liar, and the father of it. And so, how could I say when the devil uses the truth? against you. I think Satan's, you know, much of his lies and deception revolves in the area of religion. Um, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that, okay, everything about religion is bad. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that there are concepts that are taught that causes a lot of pain and suffering. I told the story, uh, I mentioned a message uh, lately about the woman who who was married to a minister, she got remarried, and, and then they had a dysfunctional sexual life because every time they would try to make, in the marriage bed, you know, they would try to make love, he, she would imagine her former husband up in heaven watching the marriage bed. Now that, that pain comes from a lie, comes from believing a lie. That, I mean, to me, it'd be just a whole lot more comforting to know that your past husband is in the grave dead, oblivious to the passage of time. That to me would be more comforting. The truth would be more comforting. But some people insist on believing something different. So religious deception, lies, all that stuff. Now we're told in 2 Corinthians 2 and verse 11, lest Satan should get advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. And I'm, so I'm going to I'm going to deal with an issue here of, of we, we've just seen that, okay, the devil is the father of lies, and I'm, I'm mentioning when the devil uses the truth uh, against us. The truth is, maybe you've made some bad financial decision, and you're broke. That's the truth. The truth is, maybe your marriage didn't work, and you got a divorce. That is the truth. The truth is, maybe your children didn't turn out like you thought they would. Or at least not like you expected. That can be the truth. The truth is, you have made many mistakes in your ministry. Absolute truth. 
The truth is, you have hurt others. That's truth. The truth is, your past has not been perfect because of sin. That's truth. And so this is what I mean when I talk about the devil using the truth against us. Because he is referred to as the accuser of the brethren. Revelation 12 and verse 10. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accuses them before our God day and night. Now I want to tell you something about the accuser of the brethren. He's not accusing us day and night with a pack of lies. That, that God says, well, Satan, what are you talking about? That's all about a bunch of lies. He is using the truth about whether, whether it's something you did 30 years ago or whether it's something you did yesterday. He is using the truth against you. So, when the devil uses the truth, in addition to the truth the devil uses against us, there are usually five lies connected to these truths. You know, they, he'll flip them, you know, these truths about where we've been, what we've been, our lives, and then through a very clever manipulation, he'll, he'll turn it against us. And I want to go through five of these uh, lies connected to this. Number one, you can't do what God wants you to do. That's one lie. You know, the worst thing about I can't lies is that it stops us from being before we start. It fills us with fear as we face our biggest obstacles and challenges. I can't overcome alcohol. I shouldn't expect to have a good marriage. Everything I touch turns out wrong. I'm a failure. I can't, I can't follow God. I can't start that business. In contrast, God is the creator of all potential. And the completer of fulfillment. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know, the only way to never fail is to never attempt. <laughs> never attempt anything and you will never fail. Or will you? So don't be afraid to attempt that which God is leading you to do. Through prayerful and biblical wisdom. Don't fear and believe the lie of, I can't. I can't. Because often that's one of the roads that he'll take you down. Number two, God won't. God won't help me. God won't forgive me again. God won't hear me. God won't love me. These are real cries of the hurting heart. And God is ready for that. Like as a father pities his children, so the Lord pities them that fear him. For he knows our frame. I've always liked this verse. He knows what we're made of. He remembers that we are dust. God is not frustrated at our weaknesses and failings. Just ask Peter about the denial, his denial of Christ. And you know, and when I think about that one, I think, how painful was that for Peter? He denied, denied him three times. And three times, deliberately, 
Because you can't get away from, you know, you can't weasel your way out from God's, you know, whatever, uh, justice. But three times Jesus said, Peter, do you love me? All the connection of that, the pain of that, had to be horrendous. Had to be horrendous. Asked the woman, who was so ashamed that she could not even look up, but washed the feet of Christ with her tears. The key difference is sincerity and repentance. The Lord is nigh to them that are a broken heart and save such as be of a contrite spirit. Number three, the third lie. Nobody cares. This is a lie from Satan, the accuser. Believe me, God cares. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? God cares for you. But the illusion, the lie is nobody cares. Poor, poor, pitiful me. <laughs> Here's a movie I'm always mentioning. Angels in the Outfield. George Knox or Danny Glover, he's trying to manage a bunch of misfits. They can't play baseball at all. They're terrible. And George Knox, and this actually, of course, in the movie, the fantasy, but, you know, angels start to help the, uh, the angels, <laughs> which was the name of the team. And they start winning. And the owner of the team heard about this. And he comes to George and says, you've got to renounce this, this nonsense about angels being used in the outfield. You know, this, this is ridiculous. And so he's got his speech all planned as he get up, gets up there in front of television about how that he really hasn't been using angels or nothing like that. And something stopped him dead in his tracks. You know, the uh, foster woman comes in and a little boy comes in and he, he just realizes, he says, I'm going to have to shoot from the hip on this one. I'm just going to have to tell the truth about what's going on. But at, in that part, there's, there's a part in that movie where I think it's Tony Danson, I forget, I forget what his name is, but, but what, he, what part. But he says, uh, he says, I don't know if there's any angels in the outfield other than the 20 or 30 of us in uniform, however many people are in baseball. But what I do know is that I won't play for anyone else other than George Knox because I believe in him. And then one by one, each team member stands up and says, that goes for me too. And uh, it's, a, it's a powerful scene. Later, as they're about to play their last game, George Knox is up there, you know, and he's talking and he's spitting out his mouth, you know. He said, when I came in here this, this, this season, I didn't believe in anything. But when you stood up for me, you gave me back my reason to believe in myself. Powerful scene in the movie. Powerful scene. I've always wanted to give a sermon entitled, When God Stands Up For You. Because I believe it does. When God says, I believe in you. It's hard to get your mind around. Hard to get your mind around. Number four, number four, you don't matter. The fourth lie. No, you do matter to God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. 
You are worth God assuming human flesh, dying on the cross to take the punishment for your sin and rising again. That's what you're worth. So you don't matter is a lie, the enemy will tell you. You matter not because of what you can do, not because of who you are, not because, but because of whose you are, who you belong to. That's why you matter. If you are a child of God, a loving parent cares for the child, even in the child's failures. Your own parents are or were fallible. They made mistakes. But your heavenly father is not. He doesn't make mistakes. Doesn't make mistakes. The last little lie is, well, it's too late. This is a powerful lie of the devil. The feeling of urgency we should, which should prompt us to action before uh, become his tool to intensify, excuse me, the feeling of urgency which should prompt us to action becomes his tool, that is Satan, to intensify despair and fear. The feeling of guilt which should prompt us to repentance, this the devil uses to make us hide from God because of fear uh, uh, instead. So the Bible talks about the mercy of God is renewed every morning. Psalms 103 and verse 8 says, The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, plenteous in mercy. You know, these, these verses are powerful because it begins and ends. Its description of God is about mercy. It's about mercy. Okay. You might be surprised at how encouraging it is to do something rather than stagnate in yesterday's sorrow. You might be surprised at how encouraging it is to do something rather than stagnate in yesterday's sorrow. So the point I want to leave you with is don't believe the devil even when he tells you the truth. Because the truth will t that he will tell you about yourself often will lead to lies. You can't do what God wants you to do. God won't. Nobody cares. You don't matter or it's too late. And you don't want to fall into those traps. So don't, again, don't believe the devil even when he tells you the truth.